hundred bucks a piece to look at a slum in a desert. Oh, Papa, he doesn't mean it. It's just his way. I know, but sometimes I just can't figure him out. Is somebody going to say something? Somebody here is a murderer and could have been an outsider. You don't really believe that, do you? I'd like to believe that it was not one of us. Now, what makes you think one of us is incapable of murder? It's interesting you should say that, since he was your friend, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Well, you don't seem to be too upset over your friend's death. Now, you back off. I don't believe I have to show you how I feel. Maybe you do. Bob, that kind of talk isn't going to get us anywhere. Why doesn't he just come in and get us? Well, he's got to be crazy. A raving lunatic. I mean, it's just not human. I was a sailor, you know, for 40 years. Sailed the horn 35 times. Me behind that big iron wheel and the captain standing her face into that watery hell. That old man feared nothing. Me and the captain, we came here when they give him nary another ship. They were cruel men. Them's that run the ships. Company men. Hi, this is Tracy Savage, Debbie from Friday the 13th, Part 3. For the best podcast ever on old slasher movies, be sure you find Hysteria Continues. You will be glad you did. And hey, stay out of Crystal Lake, okay? Yes, and welcome back to the Hysteria Continues. This is episode 182, and this time we are covering Scream from 1981, not to be confused with uh, Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson's Scream from 1996. Yes, Scream, a.k.a. Not Very Savage Water. And we are delighted, uh, absolutely delighted, to be joined by a very special guest today. Is Gareth Morgan from the um, well Facebook group, uh, celebrates all things slasher than slasher trash. So, Gareth, are you excited to be uh, heading off to the ghost town? Uh, I'm, I'm more excited than you could ever imagine. <laughs> well, we'll see what kind of excitement we can uh, get from this rather, how can I put it, uh, deliberately paced film. So let's see how excited <laughs> we do get. Art Art Well, it's possibly, yes, it's, uh, yeah. But, uh, you yeah, know, Gareth, we're very excited to be with you, um, you to be with us, and you're uh, phoning from the UK, where I used to live. So we are all coming from four countries. So I find proper. that very interesting. Mm. Well, it's, You're uh, in Spain right now, yeah? Hey, are you, Gareth? Hereford. Hereford, oh, okay. So that was not too far away from where I was in Bristol, is it? Kind of no, from uh, Lord Knob. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Hereford's Knob, yes. Uh, yes, I'm yeah. sure Gareth knows it well. Yeah, I, I visit it well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, well, if you're a super fan of the show, you'll know all about Lord Hereford's Knob. Um, if you don't, you have to listen back and find out where we talk about it. Uh, but, yeah, no, very excited to have you with us, Gareth. And how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Fantastic. And um, Slash the Trash is uh, going great guns, isn't it? You still enjoying uh, putting the Facebook group together? I am. I'm still enjoying it, just about, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and how long have you been the sort of fan of slasher movies? What's your... Because you are, if I believe correctly, uh, a little bird told me you were born in 1981, so the same year Scream was released. Is that true? That is very true, yeah. I think it was almost meant to be, because that's sort of my favourite year of the golden age of slasher movies as well. Um, I mean, I think I think most would agree, wouldn't they, that 1981 is probably sort of the pinnacle of yeah. the slasher pantheon. So, 
another interesting fact, um, Garth and I became friends on Facebook one, exactly one year ago today. So <laughs> this is his, this is his not so silver anniversary present. So all we need now is a shadowy um, cowboy turn up on on a horse with a dead body on the back. It's all all the um, all the things are coming together. All the stars are aligning, aren't they, for an extra special show? So, but we'll talk to you a little bit later, uh, Gareth, a bit more about your uh, sort of love of slasher movies. And uh, it's just I just find it kind of interesting, especially if you were born in 1981. Obviously, that's your favourite year of slasher movies. So for a lot of us um, with the the slasher, a lot of us kind of grew up um, uh, in the heyday. We were kind of kids kind of maybe not old enough to go and see the movies like i certainly wasn't but um uh yeah so it's, it's always find it fascinating why people like certain years and everything but 1981 gave us some great slasher movies um and is scream one of them well, we'll find out shortly but um eric how are you doing i'm really upset to be honest because um the people in Scream 1981, the people who were killed, they have families. They have loved ones. <laughs> Eric, how dare you? They did have families. I am. That's what I'm saying. I'm really upset because every time right. someone was killed, I was thinking they have loved ones. Oh, my God. They care about yeah, I would them. Ima- I would imagine their families are probably sitting at home thinking, oh, I'm so glad they never came home. <laughs> <laughs> Seems they had no personalities. Well, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel that much sympathy for Bob. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves now. Yes, yeah, oh, so I imagine the families might have felt more upset when they saw Scream for completely different reasons. But um, Nathan, well, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. Did you know that in that opening clip, um, the the guy says w- they gave him Nary another ship? And I thought, that is like an awesome word, Nary. And I don't ever get a chance to use that. But I'm like, that's a cool word. You know, I live in the South, so I think I should say Nary more often. You do that. Yes. Yeah. I want to work it into conversations. And then once I get, get going with it and I get more comfortable with it, then I'll start using the word on the podcast too. Is it a Southern word? It's not a Southern word, is it? Or is it? Oh, is it not? Well, I, I don't know. know. I just saw Ghost Town and I think, oh, I think of an old Texas ghost town with saloons and um, people in big giant dresses doing those big leg kicks and stuff while cowboys sit around and drink shots that's what i picture well let's just let that sink in for a minute yeah i know yeah we're all a bit gobsmacked <laughs> uh, i'm glad that i can still shock you yeah, well, always nathan well thank you well uh yes okay well we'll ponder we'll that mental image but joseph how are you doing oh i'm doing quite well i've had a great week very busy but great joseph have you heard of xml before Oh. No, what, what's that, Justin? What is XML? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Well, only very, very briefly. It's just um, it's, if you've noticed a few ups and downs, as it were, on our on our feed, we've had a few problems with um, uh, uh, iTunes on desktops. So if you ever tried to access the show through iTunes on desktop on a Mac or a Windows machine, you might not have been able to stream it. And it's to do, we found out that um, uh, Apple are getting rid of the file format that we have released the show in for the last nine years. Um, uh, not nine years, how many years? Eight years. And uh, so we are in the process of trying to swap things over to try and get it back to normal. So anyway, we've had lots of exciting discussions about uh, feeds and XML and all kinds of things like that. But it's all kind of under the bonnet stuff you don't need to know about. But just just so you know that we, you, we care enough to try and sort it out. 
So, uh, yes, well, before we come on to Scream, uh, let's have a little chat about what we've been watching recently. So, Gareth, as our guest of honour, have you seen anything of notes you'd like to tell us about? Oh, I actually have. I, I was a bit late to these bad boys, but I actually caught up with Get Out and Hereditary. Cool. Well, what they did were, you think? Um, I think we've seen, I mean, I, I've seen both, I presume everyone else has, but what were your, what were your thoughts? Well, well, with with uh, I guess you guys have all seen Hereditary, I presume. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I've not seen it yet. Ah, okay. Well, I, I won't. I won't say anything too much. But basically, let's just say there was a major plot point that was revealed to me before I saw it. So, it kind of ruined it for me a little bit because that probably would have been quite a shocking moment. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, it, it was actually quite scary, and so a lot of the visuals in it were, were quite disturbing. Um, it wasn't quite the classic it was built up to be, but it, very enjoyable. And, and pretty much the same goes for, for Get Out as well. Um, I, I, I thought I think it was good fun. I think they injected maybe a bit more comedy into it than what they. Uh, maybe what they needed to, but it just so happened that the comic relief did make me laugh on several occasions. So yeah, I had a good time with both of them. Excellent. I've I've not se- I've seen Get Out lots of times. Actually, it's one of those kind of go to movies uh, when you have people around and they want to watch a movie, uh, kind of a, a, like a fun slasher sort of action horror type sort of movie. So it's kind of I've seen it multiple times. I've only seen Hereditary once, and that wasn't on Get a house. Is a slasher? Well, it's kind of a slasher, isn't it? Get out, is it? Yeah. The last yeah, the last twenty minutes or so really just sort of ratchet it up. It doesn't doesn't sort of hold back with the sort of blowout finale. So yeah, I can sort of I can I can see the the links. I'm not sure um the Canadian fans would agree that it was a slasher. Let's see what they say. <laughs> No, moving on. <laughs> well, I think I think you've got you've got um, people being menaced by people in masks, animal masks in the house. So I think it has it has some slasher. Well, it certainly I think it's got more slasher credentials than maybe some of the movies we've covered. Get, get out is the one where <laughs> the 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 black think we're all drunk. Oh, hold on, I'm thinking. No, we're all drunk. You're thinking of... Um, I'm thinking of the other one. You're next. You're next. Oh, yeah. dear. Yeah. yeah. How embarrassing. I love that Justin <laughs> oh, was Justin. so confused as to why Eric would not find... Yeah, you're next to be a slasher. Yeah. Just, oh, dear. Well, Justin that, Kurzweil. <laughs> Justin, Cur- Justin it, Kurzweil, slasher movie expert. Is it time for my nap yet? He had white wine and his cornflakes again. <laughs> I'm drinking. I'm drinking a whole cafetiere of green tea at the moment. So, sorry. Yes, I had a brain fart there. Yes, um... Uh, I haven't seen. I only saw that once uh, as well, and I didn't think it was as quite as um, fant- uh, as good as everyone made out. But again, I think it's one of those movies that uh, uh, possibly suffered a little bit from the hype. Yeah, I think they both did to a degree. Mm. Have you yeah, seen the I trailer for the? The, is it, sorry, I was going to say the, the trailer for the. Um, I can't remember his name now. The guy who made uh, uh, Get Out, but it's. Um, it's us, I think it's called us, yeah. and it's Jordan uh, Peele. Jordan Peele, that's right, and it's a uh, like a family. It looks like a kind of a family of doppelgangers kind of start to take them over. Yeah, looks mm. good. Mm. Yeah, it it looks look really good. He's also, he's also remaking Candyman. Is he? Oh, yes. Without Tony Todd. Yeah. He, Candyman, bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> without Tony Candyman, Todd, bitch. well, I suppose, I suppose. Mm. Uh, well, no, I, I suppose if you kind of, it would be kind of pointless to remake Candyman with Tony Todd almost, wouldn't it? It'd be a it bit would. redundant. It, it would. would. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably a little too old for that now. Kevin Hart, he'd be good. 
<laughs> yes, Candyman. Yeah, Willy Wonka. He's so menacing. <laughs> Helen, I'm here to kill you with a hook. <laughs> so, who else? Does anyone else want to chime in on Get Out or um, your next and Hereditary? Uh, oh, you mean Hereditary uh, and Get yeah. Out? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, <laughs> I haven't seen Hereditary. Um, Get Out, I thought was okay. It was a little overrated. I may yeah. be alone, um, or not in the, alone, but in the minority, like amongst like uh, us in general. But uh, I thought Get Out was great. <laughs> I loved it. I think it was good, yeah. But I caught up with it long after it was released. So, yes, Justin was saying it was a victim of its hype, probably. It was the same with Predatory. I saw it long after it got all these five-star reviews from the press. And again, I thought it was good, but was a bit underwhelmed. I found it a bit grim and serious as well. See, and and Eric and I are are definitely in agreement uh, when it comes to that. Like, I think we both agree that we much prefer the movies that we can just go and have fun watching. Something like Happy Death Day. Exactly. Um, it's just fun. I, I don't, you know, get anything else out of that except it's just a fun time with the movies. Whereas with Hereditary, I can say, like, it's a good movie, and I'm glad I watched it. And um, I, it's very well done and well acted, but it's something that I couldn't watch again. Like, it's never never, never going to be a repeat viewing for me because it is so grim. It's, 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 very, it's a very depressing movie. It's almost like a horror drama. Because it's it's a very sad film as well as kind of scary at times, um, and like I said, that doesn't make it a bad film. It's just for me, it's it's not a rewatchable film, and I much prefer my Friday the Thirteenth with my Ethel yeah. and Juniors. Mm. I'm not I'm not used to the acting being so good in, <laughs> in a horror movie. Tony Collette's just awesome. She's a great yeah. actress. She's brilliant. Yeah. Well, Scream 1981 must have been a real treat in that regard. <laughs> It, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's better than Axum. Well, that's true, but their game, what isn't? Um, hey, Axum has a great scene where a guy shakes his glasses in fear. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Have you not? Oh, well. No, it's, oh. I need to get to it, which is why we, everybody's saying to me, oh, I don't think Scream's the worst thing you've ever seen, when uh, about a year ago I said, uh, up until this point, it's probably the worst one in the year since. I have seen a few which have knocked it off its perch. Um, but I haven't seen Axum, and I hear it's terrible. It is. <laughs> well, we won't spoil it for you. We don't want to spoil <laughs> the you. ending, guys. I look forward to it. <laughs> so anything else, Gareth? Um, well, I did watch Tombstone a couple of days ago because I thought it was about time I watched it considering it came out 26 years ago. What, the Western? <laughs> but Yeah, the Western. Okay. But that's not horror, so I'd like to try and, well, I guess we try and keep it. Within yes, the, although the genre, it has a kind of, I kind of guess it has an um, infinity to the the ghost town, the western ghost town, doesn't it? A little. That bit. must have been it. I just yeah. watched Scream again, and then I just thought, oh, I'm in that vibe. So I must have just thought, let's watch Tombstone. Well, there you go with Jason Priestley. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't uh, spot him for ages. I was thinking I knew he was in it, and I, I couldn't remember who he was. And then he just sort of popped up. Once Billy Zane's character unfortunately passed on, and I was like, "Ah, there's Jason Priestley." Yeah, I haven't seen. I, I saw that at the cinema a long time ago, so I haven't seen it since. But uh, oh, wow. but, but uh, thank you, nice Gareth. Um, oh, thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, Eric, how about you? Okay. Well, speaking of Hereditary, uh, there's a film 
kind of cut from the same cloth as that. It's an Irish horror film. It opened in the cinemas here on Friday. It's called The Hole in the Ground. And it's getting rave reviews from the Irish press, which is, you know, probably to be expected because we can be kind of biased towards, you know, our own product. Uh, although it did get four stars in The Guardian on Friday as well, which is a UK paper. But um, I thought this was decent without being exceptional. Uh, the plot is that there's a woman and her son. She escapes her abusive relationship and moves to rural Ireland. And her new abode is by this forest. And just beyond the forest, there's this large sinkhole in the ground, hence the title of the movie. Uh, her son disappears into the woods one day. And when he returns, he's not quite himself and uh, the mother is kind of convinced he's been replaced with a doppelganger which is kind of like similar to us I suppose the Jordan Peele movie um so as I said, it's cut from the same cloth as things like Hereditary and The Babadook in that its approach to the subject matter can be read as it, it could be all in, their, all in her mind, even when sort of supernatural shenanigans are unraveling on screen. You don't know if it, this is just her hallucinating or if it is actually happening. Uh, overall, I mean, so it's well above average for Irish horror film standards. Um, but it, again, I mean, if, sorry? Is it better than Nails? It's a lot considerably better than Nails and has an actor in common with Nails. It's got um, Steve Wall, uh, who had a minor role in Nails, and he has a minor role in this one as well. Um, but, but I think if you're into things like The Witch, Babadook, Hereditary, um, then I think you'll probably get a lot more out of this than I did. I thought it was good um, uh, and very well, you know, well acted, well made. And then like, like the final 20 minutes, there is lots of sort of horror shenanigans happening on screen. It's a very solid movie. Uh, and I'm very, you know, I'm kind of proud that it's Irish and I hope it does well internationally. Uh, I don't know what its uh, release schedule is for abroad, but um, yeah, I suppose catch it if you can. It's not a classic. I'd be interested to see how, what, what the reviews are like from abroad, because as I said, you know, being Irish, we're a bit biased towards it. Um, so yeah, it's called The Hole in the Ground. Um, I've been going to the cinema a few times recently. This is new for me because I haven't been to the cinema since October to see the new Halloween. I also went to see Happy Death Day to You, which I know Nathan saw as well. Um, and this it picks up directly from uh, the first one. It, I think it's, I think it's in, insinuated it's 24 hours later, is it, Nathan? It's, it's kind of the next day. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. And uh, what it does is it takes a peripheral character from the first one. It's um, uh, Ty- is it T- Taylor is his name, isn't it? It's his roommate who keeps appearing in the first one um, as the day reboots. He becomes kind of a major character, certainly for the first 20 minutes of this film. And turns out that his, it's his science experiment is causing the time loop. Uh, and what happens in this one is that not only is Tree back, caught back in a time loop as well, but she's also sent to an alternate dimension where she is encountering the same characters again, but they all ha- they all have sort of maybe different personalities and different relationships with each other. So it, it's very, very clever. It's more, much more of a comedy and more sci-fi, and the slasher element is very much in the background this time. It, you know, the... The main thrust of the movie is she's in this alternate dimension where, um, and I don't know know if this is a spoiler, I don't think it is because it's revealed quite early on. Her mother is alive in this alternate dimension where in the first film it's revealed she had died. So she doesn't know whether she wants to return to her own, you know, dimension or not or to stay in this one um and there's lots of them um, quite sad moments in the film much like in final girls um it's it, you know it's kind of you know it would make you well up and i mean the actress playing tree i can't think of her name off the top of my head she's brilliant in this film uh, but as i said tonally it's much jessica more, roth yeah she's fantastic in the film it's great fun. I loved it. Um, it's probably not as good as the first one, and it's, it's not a slasher movie in the way the first one was. This is more, it had kind of a vibe of like weird science and um, sort of other, it had kind of an 80s, I, I saw somebody review it saying it's like Revenge of the Nerds, 
um, done in a kind of a horror style. Um, yeah, so people who are expecting a slasher movie might be disappointed, but um, yeah, I thought it was just great fun, sci-fi comedy with a hint of the slasher thrown in. Uh, and it's great that it, it has a great sense of continuity compared to the first one because it has all the main actors back, and it's it it's released eighteen months I think since after the original, so they all look the same, and so it's really, and because it takes place twenty four hours later, it has that kind of Halloween one, Halloween two type of continuity with it, which I really liked. Um, oh yeah, so big thumbs up for me for Happy Death Day to you. Cool, I've not Nathan, caught it yet. Anyone else? Nathan, I have. yeah. Um, I'm I'm totally in agree in agreement with Eric. I think that it was a great follow up. Uh, I I think that um, you know the characters are great, and to me, it's it's awesome that they got back every character. I mean, even little minor ones that don't even have lines come back for this movie. Like it's just uh, that that makes it fun for me. And like Eric was saying, it's got a lot of heart too. I mean. You know, there's actually a couple of uh, dramatic, you know, scenes, but they're handled very well and they're not too heavy handed. So it's um, it's it's just a great movie. It, it was a fun time. And um, I did prefer the first one because, you know, when all is said and done, I'm a slasher fan, first and foremost. But in this one, um, you know, the slasher element is there, but it's just it's it's much more secondary this time around. Like. The identity of the killer is not uh, really a plot point in this one. I mean, it is there is a whodunit, and the killer does get revealed at the end, but it's not. It, it's it's so secondary that even when the killer's revealed, it's I was like, oh okay. I mean, I, it, it wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't going. I wonder who the killer is all the way through the movie. Yeah, me like, either. I wonder if she'll go back to her own dimension, and I wonder if they'll fix the time loop and all that. That was my main concern. That's me too. Like it wasn't even really about the killer at all because there is um, like a series of scenes um, where you know the, the she's basically told well instead of waiting on this person to kill you, why don't you just like control it and kill yourself each day and restart the day? So I mean, she commits a lot of suicides in this movie, and they're actually a lot of they're very humorous and it's a big ridiculous. There's a big montage of her killing herself. Yeah, of her killing herself. Methods. You know, she walks into the supermarket and drinks drain cleaner and stuff. Um, the other thing I was going to say is that I think you definitely need to have seen the first one because it has a kind of a Back to the Future 2 um, thing going on where she's revisiting scenes from the first movie, which and I don't know if the film would make any sense if you hadn't seen the first one. Would you agree, Nathan? I would definitely agree because – when she starts doing the time loop again, like she immediately is fed up right from the get go. Like, um, so if it, it, I don't think that you would understand it unless you'd seen the first one and you saw like that progression all the way through the part one to, you know, when she couldn't really take it anymore, reliving that day. Mm. Like, there's a great scene. Um, there's um, a character in the movie um, that you know, asks her out and stuff. Well, he's actually gay and in the closet. And when she starts reliving that time loop this time and he pops out and he's like, Hey, you never called. And she, she just looks at him and goes, you're gay. And walks off. <laughs> like she's so fed up with everybody at that point in time. Yeah. So it's a solid thumbs up, I think from me and Nathan. Oh yes. Cool. The, the um, I haven't seen it and I, I guess, uh, Gareth and Joseph, you haven't either of you yet. 
No. No. But there no. was the, the Natasha Leon, or Lyon, Leon, um, a Netflix series, Russian Doll, which kind of has a, has a similar kind of <clears throat> premise, I kind of guess, but it's done, uh, it's the one that you recommended, Joseph, which kind of has kind of sci-fi, a little bit of horror elements to it, where like a woman uh, <clears throat> has to relive the same day over and over and over again and uh, keeps dying at the end of each day. But I really enjoyed funny, that. So. It's, Sorry? It's, is it is funny? It's, funny? Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. Okay. But it's not, it's, it's, um, it's very well done. It's clever and it's different enough from the kind of that. It takes that kind of Groundhog Day via Happy Death Day to you, um, uh, sort of th- thing, uh, to a sort of different, le- not a different level, not it's necessarily better, but it's, um, it's different enough for it not to be kind of a, a slavish remake. And it's really good. And Natasha Leon's really, uh, kind of yeah. engaging presence, isn't she? I thought it was sort of like, um, you know, if Happy Death Day to you, um, you know, met up with Final Destination because in this show, um, you don't know how or when she's going to die. And you're always like, oh, she's about to die. She's going to fall down, a, you know, a sewer grate and then she'll get hit by a car or something like that. It's just you never expect her death. And it, her death is always something you 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 don't plan on. And you think, OK, she's going to you know break an arm or something or something silly like that. But it's, they always surprise you with the death, so it's kind of very Final Destination esque in that kind of way. Is it a thirty minute show or an hour show? It's, uh, it's thirty minutes. It's not twenty five. It's it, quite short. Yeah, it's very short shows. Um, maybe like closer to like forty minutes each, but there's only like eight episodes, so it okay. goes by quick. I'm going to give that a go. I think. Is yeah. it? I think you'll like it, Eric. Actually, did it lend itself to like a second series, or um, is it just like I, a? Did it wrap everything I, up in the end? It, I mean, it, it pretty much wraps everything up. But I think there's there's uh, you know a few loose threads that would you know complement a second season. So okay, I, th- I think they probably will do a second season because it kind of seems to be dictated by how popular they are. Um, so I reckon they probably will do one. But uh, okay, well, uh, thank you. Anything else? Uh, oh, it was me. No, yes, uh, that's no. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I watched. Other, but I think it's going to be in your recently seen as well, so I'll hold off. Yeah. Mine, yeah. Oh, it's what you, it's one you were watching, and I sort of then sorted out and watched it as well. So I'll wait till we get to you, and then I'll chime in. We'll talk about it now because I can't remember what that was. Okay, it's Possession of Hannah Grace. <laughs> okay, I couldn't remember if I'd um, if we talked about it last time. I couldn't remember when we'd seen it. Okay, we did. I don't think we did. Um, this is a film that starts off with uh, the title character Hannah Grace. They're trying to to a exorcism on her because she's possessed by some kind of demonic spirit. Uh, the exorcism doesn't go as planned and she ends up um, having to be uh, butchered, basically, to, to you know get rid of the evil. Uh, she, her uh, body is brought into a morgue where uh, she sort of comes back to life and starts killing people off in the morgue one by one. And as she does, her body begins to heal itself. Um, for me, the movie uh i think you said that you you found it found it quite mainstream justin i i would agree but i f- i thought that uh the mutilated corpse that comes back to life and starts stalking people around the the morgue i thought was incredibly creepy it remind it, she sort of crawls around in all fours with her bones all at different angles and stuff and she reminded me of i can't remember the the evil woman's name in the grudge uh, i keep thinking sadako but that's the ring but whatever her name is you know the croaky woman yes don't say toya Um, uh, so I mean it's got a great setup and a great location it's got that unbelievably creepy villain the revived cadaver I mean apparently the original title for the film was the cadaver because I suppose the possession of 
Hannah Grace is kind of misleading, making you think it's going to be an exorcism movie when it's not. It's, it is more of a kind of a supernatural slasher movie, I suppose. Uh, I thought it lost its way maybe in the last 15 minutes. Um, it rushed to its conclusion and it, it sort of things that seemed impossible for characters to do early in the film suddenly seemed very easy. Um, but apart from that, I was really impressed. It's one I hadn't heard of, to be honest. I, I had it got a cinema release in the States because um, it's, it's one that was just... Yeah, you said you were watching it and you thought it was quite good, and I said, "Oh, I must seek that out." And I really enjoyed it. Again, I would I don't have no. Um, I don't know about here because I've it never did. seen it. And, and oh, okay. Well, um, I I'd never actually heard of it until Justin was talking about it. So yeah. I, I, I really want to see this. I thought it was really good. Uh, what did you think, Justin? No, I, I liked it when I said it was going to mainstream. It had that. Um, it it didn't go out on the limbs or the wrong choice of words, but it, it was. Uh, I, I think it was kind of it had different enough. There was like I say, I agree. The the kind of the reanimated corpse was very creepy, and I loved the the stalking of the corpse around of uh, people around the morgue, this big hospital morgue. It kind of I thought it worked really well. I heard it been um, compared uh, unfavorably to the auto- autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, that was trying to think of, yeah, yeah. Which was apparently they were both being made around about the same time. So it sounds like the possession of Hannah Grace has, has sat on the shelf for a while, um, unfairly, I think, because I think it was um, it was done, you know, it was done very well. And there's a couple of really kind of creepy moments. Like there's the bit where the corpse kind of runs up the stairwell, um, but from kind of straight up through the the gap in the stairwell, so without even going up the stairs, uh, chasing this woman. Uh, so yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth a watch if you've if you've not seen it. But it's I think because it starts with that exorcism, like it's almost like a like a parody of an exorcism, isn't it, at the beginning? Um, and but the the whole exorcism thing's over and done with, and you know, within the first ten minutes, isn't it? And then so it, it's a bit misleading. The thing which I think possibly might explain why it hadn't um, it possibly didn't find an audience because people may have felt cheated that they weren't seeing yeah yet another exorcism Emily Rose type film. But yeah, no, I, it's, it's definitely better, worth it's a watch. Than a possession movie, in my opinion. Sorry, it's better than a possession movie. If, yeah. I, if that had mm. been a regular sort of run-the-mill possession movie from you know from recent times, I would have probably not have been as invested in it. But because it turned into a supernatural slasher, I was you know I was gripped. Yeah, excellent. It was one to one to hunt hunt down. But uh, is that one you've heard of, Gareth? Uh, yeah, I have, and now I'm totally excited for it because I was exactly the same. I, I, the title itself just sort of reeked of the exorcism of Emily Rose, and I just thought, oh, I'll skip it. I didn't mind those films, but I'm not that bothered about the whole possession thing. I'm, you know, getting a bit tired of it. Um, but now, now it sounds, yeah, I definitely want to see it. It sort of sounds right up my street. I'm scared of like the whole grudge, weird sort of creepy corpse women and the way they move and stuff. That kind of thing is what really gets me. So. Thumbs up from the oh. sounds of it. Okay, well, let's know what you think. So, uh, excellent. Well, thank you, Eric. Yes, that was on my list and I'd forgotten about it. So, um, uh, Joseph, uh, how about you? What have you been watching? Well, I know Nathan had uh, talked about this and I, I feel like I might have as well, but I don't really quite remember, so I'm going to bring it up anyway. It's um, uh, Abducted in Plain Sight. It's that oh. sort of... Uh... I'm sorry, someone say something? I went, ooh, because I watched this one as well, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, Abducted in Plain Sight is sort of like this documentary about this family who um, live next door to this very charismatic guy who basically becomes their friend. And what he's doing uh, right under their noses, uh, or actually right in front of their eyes, is um, 
basically sleeping with their like nine or 11 year old daughter. I can't quite remember how old she is, but she's, she's a, she's a child more or less. Um, and what he does, he, he, he uses their, the parents in insecurities against them, uh, to kind of warm himself and ingratiate himself into their lives so he can have access to their daughter anytime he wants. And he basically abducts her twice in front of their very eyes. And, um, you know, this is a very harrowing premise, but man alive, I had no sympathy whatsoever for the parents. The little girl I had sympathy for, obviously, for obvious reasons, but <clears throat> the, the parents are so stupid, uh, especially the the dad. I mean, he, he's, he's so dumb um, uh, that he's sort of become this meme now online, uh, like one, like um, – I don't know. You probably don't see them over in Spain or the UK or Ireland, but there's, we have these Snickers commercials where like they get celebrities like Joe Pesci being all angry and they're like, Hey, calm down. You haven't been yourself. You need to eat something. He's like, here, have a Snickers. And they're like making like jokes about here. You haven't been yourself. Give your, give your neighbor a hand job. It's just, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's just all kinds of memes about it. They did. Have, yeah. they, they, they um, did have that advert here, but they had people like Joan Collins on it yeah. instead. Joan Collins. Yeah. But anyway, these 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 parents are they're so dumb and so naive um, that you have no sympathy for them. You you obviously have sympathy for the daughter, but the whole time you're screaming at this at the screen. How can anyone be this ignorant? How can anyone be this blind? Um, it's a very good movie. I think it kind of fizzles a little towards the end. Um, I was more interested in in the whole. Um, you know, the whole, the whole process this guy goes through is to sleep with this little girl. Um, and what happens, you know, in that time that was very, you know, harrowing and, uh, you know, quite enthralling to watch. But I think once it gets into, you know, how they feel about this guy and, you know, whether or not he, uh, you know, he faces justice, I I thought that stuff was kind of boring and it kind of dragged on a little too long. Uh, the first 45 minutes are, you know, pretty stellar stuff. You will scream at the parents because they're so dumb. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a quite a quite a good little documentary, I'd say. Indeed, yes. Well, I've seen it as well, and I've not much more to add than that, apart from there's obviously if you've there's quite a few twists and turns in it, which uh, makes a quite interesting viewing, to say the least. And spaceships. Sorry? And spaceships, and well, and aliens and stuff. Was there? Yeah, well, yeah. Right. You remember the whole spaceship thing yeah. and aliens? Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-
It is on Netflix Spain, but it says a new episode on the 7th of March. So oh. I checked and it hasn't started for whatever reason. Oh. I don't know, which is a bit annoying. So I wanted to ask your opinion on somebody's dress that they made and it was absolutely horrendous. Well, unfortunately I haven't seen it yet. I might have to uh, look for alternative means, but, uh, uh, so maybe we'll, 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 we'll chat about it next time, but a little shout out to, um, uh, Eric's coworker. Is it? Neve. Neve. Yeah. Hello, Neve. Thank you for yeah. listening. Oh Yes. She thinks oh, your voice. Yeah, because she likes your voice. Yeah. She likes your oh, voice too, Dave. Baby. She <laughs> loves <Justin. laughs> She likes Justin's voice because it's all suave and charismatic. She likes my voice because of y'all and my <laughs> goofy countryness. And that thing. She fell in love with Justin first when I showed her that, uh, the iconic picture of Justin in the graveyard flicking his hair. Oh, that picture is amazing. It is. Why don't you do that anymore, Justin? Well, I've only got a quiff now, so it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't flop around let it grow much. out. What's yeah. funny is that Eric actually had that picture in his wallet. He had, like, wallet size. <laughs> <Yeah. made>. <laughs> <laughs> so His picture back then, Justin, that you did a lot of hair flips. Um, well, to be honest, it was always quite stiff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the <Well>. hair. <laughs> so, Nathan, what else have you been watching? Okay, so I've watched two things. One thing I watched, and I would like to cover it for the podcast soon. I I might pick it, uh, you know, pretty soon. But I watched Cherry Falls. Uh, I was thinking about it. I I thought about that the other day, Cherry Falls. I thought it would be a good one for the podcast. Yeah, it it was so much fun rewatching it. And um, to me, at the end, when the killer's revealed, I'm I'm not spoiling anything, but – the killer to me, their like over the topness at the end reminds me of one of our favorite killers uh, from Urban Legend. Like just how the acting just goes like completely over the top, and the killer gets all boss eyed and stuff. I'm like, it's it's just that's it's so much fun. Um, and, but it has like really good chase scenes and stuff like that in it. The the chase scene in the school was amazing. Like I love the scene where Brittany Murphy's running and. The killer is behind her, and the killer is fast and running and catching up with her quickly. And I'm like, to me, that would be a pretty terrifying moment to have somebody chasing you that's faster than you. So I'm like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 a great movie. I'm not going to say too much because I do want to uh, pick it for one of the podcast episodes. But you know, it's it was it's just a lot of fun. I think it's one of the more underrated movies from that time frame. And yeah, I haven't seen it since it came out. Um, I remember the conceit not being, you know, up to what it should be. But it sounds like one I need to revisit. I might, you know, find a better appreciation for it. I think you will now. Mm. And obviously, it has a connection with the uh, Joseph's Patreon pick for this month. Oh yes, it does, doesn't it? That's right. <laughs> so okay. Um, <clears throat> Wasn't it the most expensive television movie ever produced? Because it was originally meant to go like a get a theatrical release, and then they decided to to dump it to television or something in in America. Yep, that's exactly yeah, what happened. They it, cut out a lot of stuff too, like a lot of yeah. scenes, and they have not re-released it with all those scenes put back in. They've never yeah, it was done released that. to the um, the USA network here in the states. Yeah, yeah. It did at get the same s- time as one of my favorite anthologies, Terror Tracked. Uh, mm. it, it did get a cool. cinema release in the UK because I remember seeing it in the, in the it cinema. It did, yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, and I used to have the quad poster for it, but really annoyingly, even though it got released here as, as either 15 or an 18, I'm not sure, but it was released with the American TV cut. So, which was uh, very frustrating. It needs an update. It needs a Blu-ray release yes. with all of the uncut footage. Yeah, wasn't it put out by Scream Factory, Factory, wasn't it? Yeah. Put it out. But I'm not sure how comprehensive the extras are on it, though. I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they had the footage. I don't know if it's been lost. But uh, uh, do you know what? Now you said that, I think I did hear something about that because everybody was so disappointed because it got announced and then, yeah, they found out that they were, yeah they lost the footage. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm. Oh, that is a bummer. I'm like, that's yeah. footage that they should have kept. Yeah, because they've just done that of Urban Legend, haven't they? Because Jamie Blanks contributed to it and they managed to include uh, a whole bunch of. Of sort of uncut. Oh no, sorry, not Urban Legend. Valentine. Mm. Valentine. Apparently, they included a lot of uh, sort of the uncut stuff that wasn't allowed. Warner Brothers made them take out of the film. So apparently, the Screen Factory release of that does include a whole bunch of unseen gore footage, which is good. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I read on Twitter that um, apparently the, or it may have been in the forums. I, I think it might have been the forums. I don't remember, but someone said that the the footage they reinserted back into Valentine was nothing to get in a twist over. Uh, like they hyped it up and then it's just like, oh, that's it. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't, I can't really comment, but uh, that's what I've heard. Uh, he just crapped on my cupcake. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. I haven't, I've got, I've got it at home. It's still sealed. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. I've seen the movie before, but I just haven't looked at the extras and stuff. So, yeah, well, let us know. Let us know. We'll, we'll write up on uh, Slash of Trash because we're interested to know. I haven't got it yet, but uh, yeah, it's another one I saw at the cinema, and I remember two other people in the cinema. It was kind of like the last of the uh, the late nineties, although it wasn't. It was a two thousands kind of slasher, but it was the the last hooray, wasn't it, of the the films that started with Scream? And I know what you did yeah. last summer. So uh, cool. Okay, well, Nathan, is there anything else? Yes, I watched a new one called Pledge. It's okay. about these uh, guys who are kind of losers in college, and they end up going to this party at this um, frat house, and like they, they have a great time. And then the frat's like, well, maybe you guys should pledge. So they come back like the next night to, to go through Hell Week. And it turns out that this frat is ran by psychopaths who more so just want to torture people. Um, so like, you know, like they brand them and, and stuff like that. Um, so they're putting them through like some crazy stuff and there's some twists in it, um, uh, as to why all this is going on and why they're doing this. And, um, it's got that, it's got one scene where they like tie one of the guys down and they put like a mouse in a bucket. And of course they hold like a blowtorch to one end of the bucket. So the mouse eats his way into the guy with, which uh, is a pretty torturous scene, but it's not. Uh, I would, it's not like a Saw movie. It's not like a torture movie. There's a lot of like cat and mouse as the remaining guys try to get away and stuff. Um, and I will say that I did not see. I mean, it, it, not that it's a twist, but I didn't see where the movie was going to end up going at the very end. And I thought that was cool. And the movie's only like 77 or 78 minutes long, so it never overstays its welcome. It's a pretty quick watch. Um, I would recommend it. I thought it was it was a lot of uh, fun, um, you know, just trying to watch them get away and, and deal with these psycho frat guys. Sounds good. Yeah, I've not heard. It's not one I've heard of. But, uh, yeah, is that a kind of a straight-to-video type thing? 
Yeah, it, it it was, but to me, it was it's definitely one of the better straight to video um, movies that I've seen. It, the production values are actually pretty good. Mm. Cool, excellent. Well, thank you, Nathan. Is there anything else? No, that's it. Okay, well, thank you. I'll just rattle through a couple. I caught up with Hellfest, and I can't remember. I, did I talk about that last time? I can't remember. No, I I did. I think, but. Yeah. Ah, okay. It. No, I just, I mean, I won't say much, add much more. I, I kind of enjoyed it, but I can see why perhaps it was, uh, wasn't uh, kind of embraced quite as fully as it, it might have been. It wasn't, it was a little bit underwhelming and a bit forgettable uh, and a bit meandering, I kind of guess. It just it felt like it was kind of one note throughout the whole movie. It didn't really kind of get to a crescendo. Uh, and I think sort of Tony Todd was a bit wasted as well because it was just more of a cameo than anything. Um, is that kind of what you said, Eric? No, I really liked it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> <Me too>. surprised. <laughs> I thought it was going to be kind of a torture porn type movie. I don't know why I thought that. I thought it was going to be kind of a Rob Zombie uh, gore fest, which I didn't want. And I was mm. surprised when it was more popcorn-y and, and commercial, which I really liked. I mean, I enjoyed it well enough, but I just think it was, it, it, it felt like it just didn't, it, it, start, it just basically, it didn't build up to anything. It just kept on going on the same note throughout the whole film. Um, but uh, but there you go. Uh, have you seen Did it, Gareth? Yeah, I I loved it. I, I, in fact, it's strange how I just forgot to mention it because I saw it about ten days ago. I actually paid to rent it because we didn't. It, it got a very limited release in this country, from what I gather. Um, I'd been told it was really really soft, so I was expecting a real PG thirteen vibe. But there are a couple of really gory kills, so um, I was pleasantly surprised. And yeah, and I think it had been built up to be a bit of a damp squib. So I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Okay, I may I may have caught it on the uh, you know sometimes you watch films if you're not quite in the mood for them so maybe I'll I'll give it another yeah. go because I mean I kind of agree with them I watched it too and I thought it was like awesome. Okay, well I stand alone. What about you, Joseph? Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I have seen it. Uh, this is a movie um, I, I actually don't really remember much about. I, I seem like I liked it, but like you, Justin, it just didn't really engage with me. It's probably one I need to rewatch. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, well, yeah, I'll probably need to rewatch that. The only other film, um, I caught, uh, introduced some friends to Frightmare from 1974, which was always a lot of fun. Um, but another film I caught up on Netflix, um, which wasn't a really horror movie. It's got like kind of slight horror movie, um, undertones or overtones was, uh, the new movie Serenity with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Uh, which I kind of regret watching, really, because uh, it had a all right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it had a kind of initially intriguing um, premise. Uh, the that um, uh, Matthew McConaughey. It's kind of t- done very much like a modern film noir with everything slightly overacted about Matthew McConaughey sort of running fishing tours in this kind of Caribbean island somewhere, which isn't re- ever t- said exactly where it is, or somewhere off the Florida Keys. And then his ex-wife Anne Hathaway turns up, and she wants him to to kill her husband who's been uh, beating her up and uh, tormenting his his son. And it goes off, you can tell there's something off in it, um, and I won't give away what that is, but it's it, it's very silly. Uh, it gets increasingly more silly, which could be a good thing and often is a good thing when a movie gets silly because there's no such thing as a... The only bad thing about movies is when they're boring. But um, but this is... is Matthew McConaughey is quite annoying in this, and I've forgotten actually how annoying he can be. 
uh, and also the actual premise when you actually find out exactly what's going on is is bizarre um, and very silly and didn't make a lot of sense and uh, I found him and Anne Hathaway quite irritating so so maybe not a good not a good couple of weeks for me with movies unfortunately apart from Frightmare and who can go wrong with Sheila Keith sorry (laughs) I was just gonna say uh, a very underrated Matthew McConaughey film and I wouldn't really even call it a Matthew McConaughey film Um, Gareth might agree with me here since we've been talking about Bill Paxton but it's uh, Frailty has anyone seen that? A long yeah. time ago. I'm ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's such a good movie. <laughs> he's really good in that film, I think. And he, Yeah, Justin, he can be annoying, but he's really good in that. It's a very underrated horror film if you've not seen that. Well, this, yeah, the, I agree. Yeah, I mean, this Serenity is almost like a, um, not a sequel, but almost it's a spiritually a kind of a, a follow-on or a sequel to that one he made Van Hathaway. And I can't remember that one about... Um, What's the big budget one that was... It, 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 Interstellar. Interstellar, that was the one. Which, again, I found yeah. quite irritating as well. Um, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I like the premise of that film, but it's just entirely too long. It mm. could have been shortened by about 45 minutes easily. Well, talking of films that could be shortened by at least 45 minutes, um, <laughs> maybe it's time to move on to the, uh, onto the main feature. So, without further ado... Uh, get that coffee boiling because it's time for Scream and here is the trailer. Are you going to come back in after this, Joseph, with your... Yes. It is your pick, isn't it? Yes. Okay, here we go. Here's the trailer for 1981's Scream, a.k.a. The Outing. It began as the perfect weekend vacation. Spend a night in a ghost town. What could possibly go wrong? It was great fun. Until the nightmare began. Then you can't run. You can't hide. You cannot escape. And you never look back. Because someone or something is waiting for you. Watching. No one. Because no one comes out of this town alive. Is it haunted? Or is it one of their own gone mad? Right out of your seat. But whatever you do, don't scream. Coming to this theater, rated R. A group of friends decide to take a rafting trip down the Rio Grande in West Texas. After a long day on the rapids, they come upon a quaint, deserted little town. A place that would be nice to spend the night. As evening descends... Three of the campers are murdered in bizarre fashion. The next morning, the others awake to find their rafts destroyed, trapped in a ghost town at the mercy of a psychotic maniac. The killer strikes and strikes again, each time leaving no clues, not even a footprint. The terror must come to an end. But just how do they stop a killer they can't see? When you're murdered in a ghost town, no one can hear you scream. 
Okay, um, let's get one thing straight right now. Scream is not a good movie. If you're looking for spills or thrills, uh, I would suggest you look elsewhere. Stellar characterization, uh, to hell with that bullshit. Um, Scream doesn't have... (laughs) Scream doesn't have time for that. In fact, aside from names thrown about at random, you'd be hard-pressed to remember who anyone is, except maybe for Bob or Lou, and only Lou because he's fat, and only Bob because he's an asshole, Uh, you know, let alone what kind of person they are. So uh, I think Scream defines that sort of uh, fix-it-and-post adage. You know, 80 to 90% of the the film's audio is done in post-production, it seems, and there's little to no plot structure. Uh, are there any thrills? No, nonsense. Uh, the movie kind of creeps along, uh, sort of like molasses on flypaper. Um, are there any gory kills? Uh, no, let's just say Tom Savini can rest easy. The uh, the unseen killer, he's revealed to be the, uh, and this is spoilers, revealed to be the ghost of an old sea captain. And I'm not making this up. Uh, I think the killer, he generates no real sense of fear. I mean, we don't see him, and, and that's not necessarily bad in and of itself, but uh, I mean, we get no idea as to who or what this thing is that's killing these people off. Um, so um, I wasn't really terrified by the killer. And, you know, additionally, characters kind of stare off into space. You know, they never really know what to say, you know, how to react to their situation or yeah, I don't think they even remotely resemble anything other than cardboard for the running time, you know, until the film finally and mercifully ends on a shot of an oil painting. I mean, this is exciting stuff, right? I uh, I can't recommend Scream, and you know, not to anyone looking for suspense or, you know, any semblance of proper pacing. But that being said, I actually enjoy Scream as this sort of, this weird sort of anomaly. It has, you know, it has wonderful atmosphere and it has a kind of a sense of otherworldly uneasiness about it that's pretty undeniable in the face of all of its problems. I mean, it has amazing bones, but I think the body has seen much better days, if I'm honest. I mean, you can just imagine what could have been done uh, with the film's ghost town setting. Um, someone, I don't remember who, but I feel like. I'll be reminded when we get to the feedback portion, they likened it to the final terror, which is another film that kind of basks in that in in its atmosphere, but doesn't know exactly, you know, how to dispense of its characters. I think I would agree with that. The final terror is obviously better than scream in just about every way imaginable, but I, I definitely see the similarities overall though. Um, while I would tell anyone looking for, you know, standard set pieces and a, you know, a sense of fun, I would tell them to look elsewhere. I would also in turn sort of recommend the film as this kind of uh, like a strange study in, in an idea or a, uh, a filmmaking process. It kind of claws its way into your psyche against all odds. Is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I honestly don't know. But for now, uh, let's turn it over to our special guest, Gareth. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> you may, um, yeah, it's, I agree with you. It's 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 one of those ones. I don't know if you can give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. When I first watched it about a year ago, it was a, a, a huge thumbs down for me. Uh, as I said before, I think I went on to say it was the worst slasher that I had seen, sort of worst eighties slasher at that point. Um, that's no longer the case. I have seen worse. I caught up with it again earlier on in the week, um, and I I can see 
what you're saying with regards it, it sort of it does have this this sort of ability to sink into your psyche and you find yourself thinking about it and, and oh that bit was actually okay and it does have its moments it's it's yeah by no means a, a good film in any way shape or form but there there's something there there's something there what are the what are the films that you saw that are worse than Scream? I <laughs> I'm, I'm, cur- I'm currently using Boarding House as the um, <gasps> Nathan. Oh, Nathan. <laughs> Boarding House. It's Boarding so House good. Ama- it's amazing. It's so awful. I, I I loved the music. I thought when it started and it had that sort of like rip off sort of Halloween sort of theme. I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Um, and again, like um, as Justin was saying earlier, it might have been to do with the mood I was in at the time. Maybe I was just moving something completely different. But oh, I just found it the whole experience just so like mind numbingly. Oh, it just it was just jarring. I hated the lead character, the sort of like the Thario guy, always running around with his top off. Yeah, it just it just grated on me, and I just I, every time somebody said to me, "What's the worst one you've seen? What's the worst one you've seen?" I just found myself bored, and house just kept popping up into my head. <laughs> That's that where the rent won't kill you, but something else will. Yeah. Did you watch that- the extended three-hour director's cut? Yes, I've watched it. I've watched the whole like, director's cut. It is. It's over two hours long, but like it's so much fun. Like even just Wait watching a the dialogue Wait a scenes. Wait a minute. Have we already have we already covered boarding house? We're sitting here talking about boarding house now. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know that we talked about the uncut version. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, since you're embroiled in this sort of um, background thing going on with Scream, Nathan, what are your thoughts on Scream? Um, I absolutely love Scream. Now, when I first watched it, I didn't. I kind of felt the way, you know, that probably a lot of people feel about Scream is that I think it had a great location. It had so much going for it, but it didn't live up to its potential. And I mean, that's probably the, the you know, the case. But to me, I just realized that all of the positive aspects um, way outweigh the negatives for me. I love the wall of weapons. Um and I love the scene where, um, you know, the one woman is kind of humming like a, a lullaby and then it cuts to the weapons uh, on the wall. And then there's that big like meat cleaver dripping blood. I thought that was very atmospheric. It was very cool. Um, I feel that the setting is amazing. Um, I would love to see, a, you know, an actual like, you know, Friday the 13th style slasher at a ghost town. I think that would be a lot of fun. But um you know, Scream, I love the scene with Lou in the barn, too. I thought that was actually a really creepy scene where he's kind of – he's alone in that um, uh, one uh, – I don't want to say barn, but building of some sort. Um, you know, I thought that was a, an awesome moment. Um, I think Scream gets a little confusing uh, because, like Joe was saying about the killer – you don't really ever see the killer. I guess we're to assume that oil painting at the end is what the killer looked like. And it was the ghost of that captain killing them, but I don't know why. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I guess he just didn't like trespassers or something. Um, but he was a sea captain, and this is like a ghost town. So I'm like, you know, did you – was his big, like, like big boat on the river that they were on, and he – made a pit stop by that ghost town too. And maybe that's where he died. I don't know. It's all well, very I think confusing. The, uh, 
the Charlie Winters character played by Woody Strode, the ghostly cowboy who wanders into the the town. I think he kind of insinuates that, um, you know, the captain was this fearless guy who basically crashed a ship and they gave him no more ships and he ended up in this town and he probably died and he was pissed off. So he just, you know, had a lot of pent up aggression there. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, that, that could be it. I love the opening too, you know, the butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker. And the butcher is kind of decapitated the two figurines. And then it like plays this really creepy music. And then it's like, bam, and it has scream written across the screen. That's just really cool. So um, I think there's a lot going for this movie. Um, And um, I like, I really enjoy it now. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. Like I've, I've watched it a lot. Um, just because I, I don't know. I just always find new stuff I like about it every time I watch it. So I imagine, I imagine you get your full eight hours a night, don't you? <laughs> um, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nathan. Uh, eight hours <laughs> sleep. Is that eight hours of sleep? Yeah, but what does that have to do with Scream? You watch it all the time. You probably get your full eight hours. Oh, f- fucking forget it. God damn it. <laughs> because it's so boring, it sends you to sleep, Nathan. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well, I mean, I did used to watch it and fall asleep to it. I, 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 yeah, I, I did used to do that. Hard sleep. So it acts like a lullaby <laughs> for you then. Yes, I, I, th- there was a set amount of movies I used to do that with. So Scream is one of them. And it's not because I find it boring. I just love that music and stuff. It was just very peaceful going to sleep to, I guess, people getting hacked up with meat cleavers. That kind of makes me sound psychotic. Um, well, I'm not crazy. I'm no. not. Are you sure? <laughs> right, Nathan? Right you are. See? I agree. Probably not as, I'm probably not as enamored with it as Nathan, but I do, I do think it's – it has so much going for it, despite all of its little problems. And there are a lot of problems that, you know, like I said, it just really well, sticks with you for some reason. And and to me, like this, there, it has one scene where to me, it's a, one of those moments where how could this character be so stupid where the one guy is like going to go get a beer or something. And they already know that there's a killer in this ghost town and they're all sticking together in this saloon area. Um, and he's like, they're going to go get a beer. And one of the women's like, you sure you should go alone? And he's like, oh, I'll be fine. And then he goes and gets killed. I'm like, why? Why? I mean, to me, I I don't think I would want a beer anyway. And if I did, I would be like, hey, um, you know, Eric, Justin, Joseph, Gareth, um, and the other 50 people that are in this saloon walk (laughs) with me over here to get a beer, and then we'll walk back. (laughs) What happens if you really needed to see a picture of – Elijah Wood, but they're all stored over across the road. Would you venture across to pick them up? Well, only if you all go with me. Okay. I need escorts. And, and, and also, I want to be in the middle. Like, I need a few of you in the front, a few of you in the back, and, and a few on the sides, and I'll be in the very middle. That way, if the killer shows up swinging a big scythe, um, you know, I, I'll be like Lou, and I won't get killed. He could Ooh. be on a drone to try and attack the people in the middle, though. Oh, man, there's no escape. You have a scythe attached to a drone. Yeah. So I guess sounds I won't like be a, looking at pictures of Elijah Wood. But sounds like a bad sort of slasher movie sitcom, Nathan in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> the meat in the sandwich. Yeah. He's, oh, a Nathan Oreo. That puts me off my line. <laughs> oh, God. A Nathan spit roast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? <laughs> 
I'm uh, going to get us back on track by saying <laughs> that Scream is really good. Okay, well, Eric, what did you think of Scream? Okay, well, I can completely see how this film uh, divides opinion because, let's just face it, it's a slow film where um, any kind of moment of incident is really clumsily handled. Um, you know, everything, any kind of, quote, action almost happens off screen. Uh, but for me, I mean, as you were saying, Joseph, it has a certain charm. It, it, it's cut from the same cloth for me as things like Class Reunion Massacre, Skullduggery, which I loved, and Day of Judgment. That type of film where you almost feel like, as you said, they were, they were hoping to fix things in post. And then when they, when they got to the editing suite, they realized there was tons of footage missing or they didn't quite, things just didn't coalesce for them the way they'd hoped. And they just put, put together whatever they could and hoped that it made sense. Um, there is that unsettling ambience right from the start with the porcelain figurines that, and uh, uh, I love the theme music that accompanies the characters as they raft up you know, the river. It's, it's kind of hilariously off-brand. It sounds like a daytime talk show or something. It sounds like... Yeah. The, the music That's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, um, I do love those, you know, the, those glorious rural landscapes are great, and the ghost town is, is equally atmospheric. And I think, as Nathan said, this would be a better film to be made from the locations they've chosen because, um, you know, for the film, for the first 15 minutes or so, it's, it's quite... Uh, uh, in, interesting is that the right word but look it looks like like for the first maybe 10 minutes it looks like it's going to be a, a, a decent enough film but then it goes into this sort of limbo fever dream type vibe where things just happen randomly and for no reason and like i love the way the characters anytime like when the motorcyclists come in when the the uh, yeah when the two motorcyclists come in and when woody strode comes in the people just stand there staring at each other and it's sort of a mexican standoff for about a minute before anyone says anything it, it it gives me the impression that it's almost, uh, as I said, it's like a fever dream. And one of my interpretations of the movie is, uh, do you remember there was a spate of films in the noughties where the twist at the end was they died at the start of the film and the, the rest of the events were them in limbo or on their way to the afterlife or something. That's what I thought this film was was, was trying to do maybe because I, I can't really make sense of, of you know what the conclusion is. Um and I'm not 100% sure why people would want to go on vacation to this ghost town. I mean, it's insinuated they paid $100 each, which was probably a lot in 1981. And for that privilege, they're sleeping on hard, hard wooden floors in this abandoned town. Um, and I don't know why they keep the beer in a separate building um, when obviously there's no electricity. So it's, it's obviously there's no fridge over there. Um, uh, you know, and I mean, there's, as I said, there's a... There's a decent movie to be made on that location, but uh, it would have helped if they'd had some kind of something resembling a script. Um, it, the weird atmospherics are fantastic, but for me, it's not enough to sustain 81 minutes. I wouldn't be watching this uh, hundreds and hundreds of times like Nathan, um, you know, because, I mean, it's filled with anonymous characters. As you said, you, you barely know who's who or what their names are. Um, they sit around and eat a lot as well, I noticed. There's lots of scenes of people standing outside on their own, like maybe smoking a cigarette, having a beer, eating some takeaway or whatever they have. Um, but there's not a lot of action happening. And when the slasher action does happen, as I said, it, it, a lot of it is just off screen or you can't really make out what's going on. Um, but I do, that's kind of what I like about it. I like the sort of just this ponderous, weird vibe it gives off. But as I said, it's, it's not one I would watch recurrently whereas class reunion massacre which has a similar atmosphere is one i can watch on a loop because i love that film this one uh no i'm afraid not it's a bit too sedate for me but i I do agree that it has a a unique atmosphere 
So okay. it's not, definitely, definitely not the worst film we've ever covered, though. Definitely not. No, not by a long shot. Not even in the bottom ten. No. No. All right, Justin, you gave this film originally one star on Hysteria Lives. I'm interested to see if you've changed your opinion. Uh, possibly slightly. I mean, I think uh, the same criticisms remain in so much it's not... You know, if you if you were going to say to somebody, um, "Oh, can you tell me a really good '80s, early '80s slasher movie?" Yeah, it, it, was, it would never be Scream. Um, it has a lot going for it, and so much I kind of appreciate it a bit more now. I don't. Uh, when we get to the background, I mean, I don't, I'm not. I don't think the director actually knew what he was doing really with the film, uh, both making it and actually what kind of story he was trying to tell, uh, because it's 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 all over the place. Um, it, it's just got it's got like weird touches i mean things that i appreciate about it and one of the things i did from the background was the director was saying that he was actually more interested in making a european style art house horror movie than an american style horror movie which seems strange given that he was trying to make a um a, you know a cash in on the slasher craze uh to go that that route with it but um but there's certain like kind of weird touches i liked i mean like the fact it's probably the only film that's got a ghostly slasher who smokes cigarettes which is bizarre um and also it's possibly the only one of the only slasher movies that um only kills men middle-aged men the only other one i could really think of was a film like rituals uh which obviously predates the the kind of slasher movie craze um another film it reminded me of was a very obscure 1963 kind of semi-proto slasher called terrified which had a hooded killer um killing teens at a ghost town and I did wonder if this might have been a little bit of a, um, a kind of nod, a nod to that. Um, there's, there's all sorts of th- weird things. I mean, it can remi- also reminds me more. It's got more in common with films like Messiah of Evil and Carnival of Souls, that kind of weird feel, almost like Twilight Zone thing that you feel uh like eric said that these characters have come together it's almost as if they've all drowned on the the rio grande where they was you know and uh this is all in some kind of weird limbo um that, that you know because these characters just arrive like the motorcyclists come and they can't find their way out um and you've got this ghostly um in uh cowboy turning up woody strode it's, it's as if they put they're in they've stumbled into some kind of alternative reality or sort of, sort of some state of limbo um which in itself could have been interesting but uh, it's it, it doesn't work as a slash movie because you've got very perfunctory scenes of of the murders with no real build-up um uh, it does have some creepy scenes like uh, nathan was mentioning about when um lou goes in and sees the body moving uh inside um one of the rooms where they stored one of the bodies but that's just obviously a direct lift i kind of guess from john carpenter's the fog and the director kind of said that he he was a fan of john carpenter so i imagine that's kind of where he you know he, he lifted that uh sort of directly um it's it's got a kind of weird hypnotic feel to it uh and so in the right mood um then it's it's a worth a watch but it's certainly not it, it it's very unfocused and it's i think it's dreamlike nature is more to do with the fact it's not a very well-made film than any real skill behind the camera um I, is that i don't i think it, it, you could possibly could read too much into it and i think um given the original title i think was um butcher baker candlestick maker and obviously the opening scene with the um uh you know those broken figurines it almost as if they started making one movie and then sort of veered off into another and it it 
yeah, it's it's not a good movie, but if you're in the right frame of mind, uh, it's certainly, and you're a slasher completist, then it's certainly one to watch. Um, it's a notable failure, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's not one that I would return to very often. Hmm, interesting. So as far as characterization, um, I felt like, you know, we sort of got to know uh, Bob because he's this kind of outspoken, just this jerk. Everyone else is so, you know, you know, monotone and just kind of in the background. You don't really know their names, uh, except maybe Lou. And he, only Lou because he's kind of this uh, comical, you know, fat guy, buffoon, um, kind of put upon guy. Uh, everyone else, you know, I, I, if I looked at them in a lineup, I, I couldn't tell you their names at all. It's very weird in that in that way where you, you you can't you don't really sympathize with the characters, but yet at the same time, you're so enthralled in this kind of fever dream, you know, uh, aesthetic that you don't really care as such. In a way, in any other film, you would be like, okay, this sucks because you know why am I supposed to care for these uh, characters if I don't even know their names? But here, it, it just it kind of works. It's like you're having the dream and you're just with these people that you don't know. And then the dream ends. So it's kind of unusual in that kind of way. Yeah. Well, one of the other character names I did pick up on was Ross. He was the nice chunky middle-aged man with the beard. And uh, <laughs> Of course you picked up on his name. Yeah, his name is Ross, but uh, he's killed off quite early on because, uh, you know, he knowing there's a killer on the loose, um, he desperately needs a beer. So he has to venture out on his own to get one. So he's obviously subscribing to the Justin Kurzweil school of priorities there. Well, needs must. <laughs> yeah. One, one thing I didn't. Just, I've, I've, sorry, Justin. Do you keep your wine cabinet in a different? No, house? I was. No, well, I, I live in a very small place at the moment, so there's always a bottle nearby. You know, I'd never leave it in an outhouse in the you know next to the graveyard or anything like that. That'd be that'd be foolish. But one thing I did notice, and I didn't quite get, is that the first person killed is hung, aren't they? They they found hanged. And so they, then they <laughs> immediately. What? No, but they immediately decide huh? decide there's know? a killer on the loose. Hmm? How do you know that his trousers didn't come off? <laughs> no, but they find his his body's found hung, as it were. And <laughs> but they immediately decide there's a killer on the loose. So why didn't they think he hung himself? True. Mm. Good point. Papa was. It was Papa who was hung, wasn't it? <laughs> The uh, the old man, the old man, well, allegedly. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he just seemed so kind of uh, you know positive. Maybe they thought you know he would never do that. He'd never kill himself. I don't know. Well, I think it starts the way it starts because it reminds me, of course, of Savage Water. I mentioned at the beginning with like the whole Rio Grande thing, and it was going to. Again, I very much doubt that um, Byron Quisenberry had seen Savage Water because I don't think anyone else had. Um, you know, until many years later, but is you know when they do it starts with that very um kind of uh, really beyond elevator music or beyond um, beneath elevator music kind of opening uh soundtrack and all these kind of disembodied voices just sort of talking in a sort of slightly like some they didn't really know what they're doing the sound and it's but then with the you know lou like huffing up the the hill i thought looking back and thinking oh you can actually think this could be like a you know like a fun it's going to be a bit of a fun time like night of the demon or something have a bit of you know pep to it but that wasn't really what they were going for and i was just thinking how much fun this movie could have been if you actually had it was a whodunit and it was somebody killing off this group in the ghost town and it was made in 1981 it would be like a potentially like a mini classic or at least a house of death style 
you know regional horror movie but as it is it's it's one of a kind so it has that going for it i guess Mm. anyone else got anything else to say about it um, yeah, <laughs> more, more just work? expanding on what you guys were saying. I mean, I've watched it twice now, and okay, I can be accused quite often of struggling to pay attention. And there's certain movies that I call like phone grabbers, where you know you try so hard to pay attention, but if you find yourself reaching for your phone and and becoming distracted, you, you sort of know that it's you know it's 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 a, it's a bit slow, a little bit boring. With, with these characters, as as you guys were all saying, there's just too many of them. It's character overkill. Um, I, I I've watched it twice now, and I. I think the first three kills, I think I still struggle to, to, to sort of understand which person it was who got killed. Um, and, and I, yeah, the names of each person, you know, when I said the only guy I really sort of noticed, like you said, the arsehole guy and the chubby guy, everybody else just kind of all blends in. I mean, the women, I think there's like three or four of them. I mean, I don't even know if they even really have any lines. And then there's, there's one moment, I think probably towards the last 20 minutes where it seems as though one of the guys has sort of returned. He's been attacked. They open a door, they're scared and it's, Oh, 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 it's you. You're okay. And I'm like, who is that guy? I didn't even know who he was. So I just, maybe I was just, I don't know, looking at my phone for too long, but I just, I I struggle to identify with any of the characters because you just don't know who they are. Hmm. No, this is the definite, um, this is the definition of a phone grabber. (laughs) I mean, I just, I, I, after 20 minutes of serious concentration, I just couldn't resist the phone, the iPad, anything to distract me. Yeah. Just so sonambulistic. There's a big word. There's a big word. It is. But it does have, it does have. I suppose, yeah, they may be off screen, but one thing you, you can't say about it is it's light on the kills. I suppose there is that. It does rack up a reasonable body count. Yeah, but I thought just, the body count could have been higher considering how many people survived. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it could have been. It should have been all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's a big body count. It doesn't, no. Because just everything's off screen and it's characters, as you said, you don't even know their names, who they are. Um, yeah. Yeah. But as Nathan was saying, I, I do. Well, I remember when I first watched it. I do like the opening. I did think that you know the ominous music and the way the cameras panning across to the figurines. I thought that was quite a nice touch. And like you said, when the screen, the title card comes up, I thought, okay, we could be in for something quite good. And I do like the very ending then as well, when it's well, I say revealed that you know as as, as the camera sort of pans up to to the big portrait of the sea captain, and you sort of realise that it's it's a ghost more than likely a ghost you know committing all the killings um i do like that it's a nice touch like the, the bookends are really really well i think quite clever quite you know um well shot but what's in between i don't know yeah yeah it's almost like half a film they never got around to sort of finishing it and like you said they got into the editing suite and sort of thought oh uh, yeah we haven't really got enough meat on the bones here we, we'll have to do yeah it does mm-hmm. I, I agree with i agree with justin i think it's it's ambience is purely accidental yeah just get that. I would say that as well. Yeah, it's kind of like lightning in a bottle. Uh, it's kind of uh, that they get they captured you know what little of the good stuff that they did, and that good stuff is really good. So it's kind of accidental. Yeah. Cool. Okay. okay uh, hmm. Background. Yeah. Uh, I have quite a lot here, but what about uh, the uh, our guest? Do you have any background information? <laughs> 
Um, no. <laughs> Nathan. You're supposed to do a, Na- a Nathan's Town. No. No. Um, it's funny because um, when I when I talk about this show, Alyssa took quite a lot on on the drive to my girlfriend. She lives like forty mile away. Um, Alyssa took quite a lot, and I was telling a friend. I said, I said it cracks me up because everybody's got loads of background, and it gets to Nathan. Nathan's like, no. Nah. No, and I just think that's so funny because normally that's not like me. I normally I'm I'm sort of like the nerdy guy who studies and and reads up about the background and the production. But I got nothing on this one, guys. I got nothing. That's, that's okay. okay. That's yeah. okay. Nathan, do you have any background? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I know Justin and Eric typically have a lot, so I'll just rattle through this. Maybe I can be first for a change. Um, I've not listened to the commentary by uh, Byron Quisenberry. I, I think it was on the Shriek Show DVD. Is that right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he might have covered some of this that I found, but uh, apparently uh, Scream was released in January of 1981 and filmed in uh, May of 1980. But it, it kind of has that filmed in 1981 flair to me, at least. So I'm not 100% sure. If those dates are accurate, you know, maybe Justin knows more about that. Um, the the working title, as Justin said, was Butcher Baker, Candlestick Maker, which kind of ties in with that film's uh, strange opening scene. Uh, it was actually filmed, that scene was filmed in uh, Byron Quisenberry's apartment. Uh, of course, it's well-known, a.k.a. would be the outing, uh, which I think is what Justin reviewed it under way back when. Uh, it was filmed in Lake Peru, California, as well as the Agora, California, Paramount Ranch, which uh, up until recently was open to the public, uh, but it burned to the ground. Um, shot in 11 days in sequence uh, with director Byron Quisenberry uh, apparently withholding the ending of the script from his actors, uh, most likely because he didn't have an ending in mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in an earlier draft of the script, the, the two motorcyclists, uh, they were supposed to arrive uh, in dune buggies. Apparently, um, let's see. Pepper Martin, who plays Bob, he's probably the only character with a discernible personality. Like I said, uh, he gets top billing for that reason. I'd say uh, he may best be remembered as the truck driver who beats up a powerless Superman in Superman Two, um, and I think Superman at one point calls him garbage. So <laughs> interesting. Uh, he also had a storied uh, wrestling career in the 1950s and the 1960s. He was, he was actually one of the top earners in the uh, the wrestling circuit before he, you know, pursued an acting career in the 70s. Um, Ethan Wayne, who plays Stan, again, I don't remember who that is. Uh, it could be any one of them. He's uh, the son of the legendary Western star John Wayne. Uh, the film's composer, Joseph Conlon, he went on to have an extremely diverse resume he scored uh, the Toolbox Murders remake. He did the uh, TV movie sequel to The Stepford Wives called The Stepford Children, uh, The Concrete Jungle, uh, and more TV shows and TV movies than I've probably had hot dinners. So, I mean, this guy's uh, done a lot of work. Uh, Quisenberry, director Byron Quisenberry, uh, he passed away back in August of 2017. Uh, he had a huge career as a, as a Hollywood stuntman. Um he worked on a lot of great films, you know, like Soul Survivor, which we covered on Patreon not too long ago. Uh, he was uh, stunt work on Return of the Living Dead in um, one of Justin's favorites, Miracle Mile, which is a good movie. Um, and the not so excellent but still fun Mannequin 2 on the move. Uh, he, um, he, also <laughs> he also doubled for uh, Joe Lane, who played Lou uh, during the spider scene in this film, because apparently – 
Uh, Joe Elaine was terrified of spiders, and I don't blame him. Uh, I think that's all I have, so I'll let Eric and Justin fight over who's next. Okay, I only have a a small bit to add to that because you have uh, covered everything. Um, I think uh, just to say that Ethan Wayne uh, went on to also do stunts on Return of the Living Dead, apparently. And he spent many years as an actor on The Bold and The Beautiful. Uh, Woody Strode, uh, I suppose, was their Donald Pleasance for this type of movie. Um, He'd been in The Ten Commandments and Spartacus uh, earlier in his career. And then he'd made a lot of movies in Europe, uh, like the iconic spaghetti western Kioma. Uh, He was in The Italian Connection. And he continued to have a, a career in the U.S. in mainly exploitation movies in the 70s and 80s. So he was in Kingdom of the Spiders and Vigilante, which are two movies I quite like. Um, as you said, it was originally called Butcher Baker Candlestick Maker and later changed to The Outing. But there's another uh, film came out in 1987, uh, which is known in a lot of places as The Lamp, but also known as The Outing as well. Um, and it was originally released over here on the VTC label, but I don't think it ever got reissued at any stage ever again, which is really surprising because <laughs> it's a classic. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's all I have. Justin. Okay, well, thank you, Eric. Um, just a few bits to add. I, I think the release thing is uh, the date of the release is um, something that needs a little bit more uh, sort of work because it was, um, although IMDb says it was released in January of 1981. The, I found an article with the director, Byron Grisenbury, from August 1981, where he's saying they're still editing the film and they were looking to release it. I also found um, some details of its release, um, a review of it being released in 1986 to screens and someone saying it, how mouldy and old-fashioned it looked and then it was from 1981. And that possibly is the reason why they changed the name from the outing to Scream because obviously that kind of um the, the dates coincide with the uh the, uh the the killer genie in the lamp movie the outing so that's probably why they changed it to scream so whether or not it actually got a release in the early 80s at the cinema i don't know but the box office uh apparently says that it made over a million dollars at the box office whether or not that's true i don't know but that's certainly what's listed um a few other bits i mean uh um Joseph mentioned uh, the director Byron Quisenberry, who sadly passed away in uh, 2017, uh, was a stuntman. He was also in, uh, as we talked about, my um, love of 70s disaster movies, he was man falling off scaffolding atop a skyscraper in Earthquake in the uh, the mid-70s film. He was almost blinded, well, he was actually blinded by a football accident when he was 18, uh, and it was a hit or miss whether or not he would ever see again, um, and unfortunately he did and went on to direct Scream. But uh, that's another oh, story. Sh- what? That is harsh. Sh- <laughs> oh, it's a little joke. Um, he said that he'd always wanted to do a horror movie, but then went on to contradict himself by saying he wasn't a fan of horror movies. Uh, and I imagine um, because he apparently he he made got some good reviews for a multimedia style show which he toured uh, with um, uh, with an old uh, Western uh, actor, and I did have it written down here somewhere. I can't find it, but and he got good reviews from that. So that's why he went on to make uh, Scream. Um, and his wife uh, was um, uh, it w- was the caterer and nurse on this movie, and then she was also in Beaches with Bette Midler, bizarrely in a small role. Uh, so what else do I have? Um, he said that he was more of a Hitchcock fan, and he wanted to make a kind of Ten Little Indians was the original idea, um, but was also admirer of John Carpenter. So I imagine Halloween and The Fog, especially, were instrumental in uh, in this movie. Um, 
but he said he wanted to go more for like an, a European star film rather than a slasher movie. Uh, it's something he says. I have listened to some of the commentary, and he said that he can know something he regrets. So I think he he said he went a bit over the top with the uh, the, the kind of deliberate pacing, let's say, of, of the movie. Um, the uh, the Paramount Ranch, uh, ranch as um, Joseph mentioned, burnt down, but it was where they shot uh, things like Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, and uh, lots of films uh, like that. Um, oh, the the only other thing uh, was. Um, uh, was that he when he was making it he wasn't sure whether or not he was going to go for a PG or an R rating, uh, which is why he said it was light on the gore. Uh, so uh, so that's I think may be the reason why the film you know literally isn't very gory. Uh, it doesn't explain why it's not very exciting. But uh, um, so I think uh, that is everything I have on the movie. Yeah. So overall, would you say, I mean, I, in my review, I said I, I don't know whether to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but uh, overall, what would you give it, like a thumbs up or a thumbs down, uh, Gareth, what would you say? Oh, man. <laughs> um, well, I've always liked to try and remain on the positive side. Um, and if you are a slash enthusiast, you should simply should see it. So I guess based on that, it's just a marginal thumbs up. Okay. Nathan, I know you'd give it a thumbs up, obviously. Yeah, I would. Does that mean you're all going to block me and kick me off the show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> I'm going to call Eric. you names as well. Um, I would say... I'll probably have to say thumbs down, to be honest. Uh, I think I, it's it's watchable in small segments. I don't think it... As I said, for 81 minutes, it's it's a tough watch, but but definitely not the worst and as i said not wouldn't even be in the top 10 of the worst movies we've covered so but still probably a thumbs down for me i'm afraid Mm, justin uh i would agree with eric it's probably a thumbs down for me overall and there's bits in i i like um but i think it was it's kind of accidental but as gareth said if you're a slasher completist then it's definitely worth watching um, but just don't go and expecting a, an 80s-style slash movie because it's, it's not really that. Even though Brian Quisenberry was only 39 when he directed this, it feels much more old-fashioned. Um, and it's almost... I, I'm pretty sure that he just kind of did this, um, you know, a nod to what was fashionable at the time, but his heart really wasn't in it. Uh, and I don't think he really knew what he was doing with the movie. So overall, it's a thumbs down, but... If you're a slasher completist, and you probably are if you're listening to this, then it's definitely worth at least one uh, one watch. Yeah, I would probably say thumbs down, but uh, a thumbs down that I desperately want to turn upward. So there you go. Excellent. Well, um, have you got some some uh, details from people who've uh, – well, what other people have been saying on the forums about this movie? Yeah, hmm. quite a bit actually. Uh, let's see. Um, over on Facebook – Simon Logan. That's Simon Logan. First time watch for me, and my only option was a super low quality VHS rip with mono sound. And what a strange film this is. The premise of a group of people being stalked in a ghost town is great, but the whole thing feels very disjointed. There's so many medium wide shots with ADR dialogue. It's as if they shot everything, then went back and added in a script later. At times, it felt like a 70s kung fu movie where the Sound was completely separate from the visuals. Too many of the deaths were off screen or diluted by cuts 
and the direction was way too sluggish to make it that enjoyable. But I do admit that the goofy incidental music had a certain charm to it. And there were also some moments of genuine suspense and drama, but that just made the fact that so much of the rest of it was so badly done even more puzzling. In the end, Scream is like a Toya video. What you were, what you were watching and what you were hearing end up colliding in a hallucinatory mess, with the overall impression being that although there are a few enjoyable aspects, overall it's a bit of a shit show. I don't like this email. I don't think you enjoy Simon Logan's presence on the show anymore, do you? No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Lawrence Adams says it's like watching paint dry. Uh, Scott Pliskin says, I've been to the Scream Western Town, and he actually posted pictures of this. These are very interesting. Uh, it's Paramount Ranch, which recently had been used in the Westworld TV show. It's basically an open park that anyone can walk around uh, in. Unfortunately, last November, there was a huge fire in that area, and that and the entire western town burned down. The only thing left standing was the white church HBO had built for Westworld. Uh, Travis Duvall says, I honestly enjoy this one, the dreamlike atmosphere and the unseen killer. Uh, ghost make this one unusual. Plus, the POV shots of the ghost selecting his weapons are wonderfully creepy. Scott Harn says, perhaps the most baffling of the 80s slashers. It suffers from too many indistinct characters, and a lot of the film feels like it was made up on the spot. But on the whole, it does have a unique air about it that is thoroughly unusual. Uh, John Matthews says, surreal and dreamlike film, has a very offbeat atmosphere, almost feels like an Italian film that was shot in America. But I guess that would kind of tie into what you were saying, uh, Justin. Hmm. Um a slow burn from start to finish. Always like this one and the unexplained ghostly nature of it. It makes up for the lack of gore, in my opinion. Jenny Hall Cameron says, People spend a lot of money on sleep aids when they should just instead put this on. Yawn. You will get atmosphere before your slumber. Matt Mentor says, I've put this one off for too long. I'm, exci- I'm excited to finally watch. Uh, Rhett Miller says, I appreciate it like some really gross, bitter craft beer. It's a slog to try and get through, but when it's done, you feel like you pass some kind of rite of passage into adulthood. Uh, the ending with, uh, what were those little paper mache dolls and that nonsensical voiceover is something conceived from another realm. Good location in the ghost town that's completely wasted when they took the idea of a ghost too literally and made all the actual kill shots invisible. Makes a great, or is it terrible, double feature with an equally earnest and inept Day of Judgment, like Eric had said. Uh, let's see. Eric Cotinas says, it's a gu- guilty pleasure. In grad school on nights, I was working uh, on my thesis. I would run films like Scream, uh, The Outing, the other one he's talking about, uh, Ghost Keeper, Night of the Demon, Night of Horror, oh my God, and Curse of the, Cannibal, uh, Curse of the Screaming Dead. In the background is chatter, sort of like late nights studying at Denny's with less histrionics. Uh, Michael Ferrari, that's me, you might remember, you know, I know him as. Uh, the only slasher movie that I know of anyway, whose star was once referred to as Garbage by Superman. So there you go, I said that earlier. Uh, Alashan says, I'm not sure if it's the dreamlike atmosphere or Western theme, but there's something undeniably charming about this turkey. Having said that, it should probably be marketed as a remedy for insomnia, as I recall drifting away the last several times I tried to watch it. 
Brennan Klein says, honestly, of all the slashers I've seen, and I've seen a lot, this is my least favorite. I know there's some love for it on the show, but I was bored to tears. I wish the fact that there's a ghost cowboy improved it in any other way than on paper, but there's just so many shots panning past nothing between scenes of nothing happening. Uh, Alone in the Dark, A Century of Stalk and Slash, which is a book coming out. Um, he asks, are we even allowed to cover this? <laughs> Nathan, Nathan, what would you say to that? Oh, totally. This is like right up, you know, our alleys. <laughs> as we all know, Nathan likes things up his alley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mitch King says, it's a movie I want to like more than I actually do. It has some great atmosphere and some likable characters. It just lacks in kills and gore and a cohesive storyline. Uh, Dave Rendon says, I'd tell you, but I've been blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, let's see. On the forums, uh, Mr. Palmer, who hates everything, says, it's okay, I suppose. Not a big fan of it. The nicest thing I can say, I guess, is that I prefer Scream from 1996. I, I would agree there, Mr. Palmer. I would agree. Uh, Tristan Comer says, I tend to see it as a lesser version of the final terror. That's who it was. Okay. Uh, only in a ghost town and not the woods. Like with The Final Terror, my favorite thing about Scream is the cinematography, and my least favorite thing is that there are way too many surviving characters. Okay, on Instagram, Some People Ain't Me says The Perfect Cure for Insomnia. Uh, the Squintle says Only Watched It Once. What little of it was even visible, I hated. Uh, Film Skunk. I like that name, Film Skunk. It has charm. Totally dumb and bleak, but I like it. And... Oh my God! Do I even have to pronounce this name? I don't think so. A wrong Gagliardo, a wrong Gagliardo, says it's awful. Uh, nothing on Twitter this week, so that's all the feedback I have. Cool, excellent. Well, thank you for everyone who's written in. Um, we'll be announcing at the end of the show what um, what pleasure for your eyeballs uh, Nathan has up his sleeve for next time. Very pleasurable. Mm, I bet. I do believe. I do believe. Um, you, Justin, and Eric, don't you have feedback? I sent. I do. Yep. Indeed. Do you want well, to I don't know if I want to put it out now because mine is from Simon Logan. Ooh. Oh, and he insulted Toya. Totally insulted Toya. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, here's an idea. Before maybe 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 tell us your joke of the week, and maybe that'll put you in better spirits when we all okay. laugh at your joke of the week. Yes, because it is awesome this week. <laughs> It's my joke of the week. So the director of Scream 1981 totally stole my questionnaire about small pulpy fruits. So I told him to buy your own quiz on berries. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you, all, you go for the name puns. <laughs> That's all I can do. Oh, what happened? <laughs> today just well i think well uh i it may be a mixed blessing but there was a skype um hiccup as you were reading that so i'm not sure if it made any sense it might be funnier though yeah, well i can read it again no it's my joke of the week it's so so fantastic 
The director of this film <laughs> stole my questionnaire about small pulpy fruits. So I told him to buy your own berries. <laughs> it's still Skype. You've got Skype to pick up then as well, but don't worry. I think we've we got the gist of it. Did you hear there's also a deleted scene from Scream 1981? Pepper Martin was supposed to assault the killer. <laughs> Also, Woody strode into that ghost town. <laughs> Actually, I liked your second joke better, uh, Eric. I I liked your first one better. Oh, thank you. So, which one was most obvious for you? Nathan? I liked um, I liked Nathan's joke though. That was very clever. No, it wasn't. Mine are better. <laughs> anyway, well done, Nathan. Well done. Thank you. It just goes to show because there's been uh, some chatter on uh, there's a new um, private group set up by uh, the lovely Gore Blimey um, from the Trilogy of Terror podcast who uh, for horror podcasters to uh, chat and we were talking about editing and uh, some people spend up to eight hours editing an episode and I spend up to eight minutes. So those Skype hiccups are staying in, Eric. That's okay. Yeah. Um- a, I, a lot of people, you know, are very picky about their editing and, you know, trying to get all the ums and uhs out and all the dead space. But, you know, like I was telling the guys earlier in the week, I think, you know, all the sky pickups, all the kind of talking over one another and kind of laughing, it kind of lends itself to sort of the lo-fi, uh, you know, slasher movies of the 80s. So I think that's why we just don't really edit that much. Wouldn't you agree, Justin? Yeah, no, absolutely. And also because life's too short. Um, I think yeah. it's. I think uh, no, but I think yeah. it's for some people who are doing slightly more serious or slightly uh, kind of not saying that we don't take things seriously sometimes. But uh, then I can understand why you would want to do that, perhaps. So I've just got someone at the door talking of. Uh... So I've got some feedback here from Simon Logan, <gasps> and he started who? saying, "I was Simon Logan." So he was. He starts by saying, "I was watching." Um, Axum the other day and it reminded me of Susie and the Banshees records because it was so rubbish. We know that's not true uh, Eric, don't we? No, it's true. That's what it says here. No. Uh, just it, to it, let you guys know, Eric is lying. <laughs> <laughs> I never lie. He says, hey guys, great to see the amount of effort and energy you're putting into the podcast. <laughs> that's ironic after what we just said. <laughs> edit. Um, it's as strong as ever with the renewed social networking presence and a plethora of great episodes already in 2019. It's also great to have Amanda Reyes making so many appearances lately. She's always a welcome addition to the discussion, although doesn't she realize the only research she needs to do prior to the show is to quickly check Wikipedia and IMDb. <gasps> that's, that's shade. Is that shade? I think it's shade. That might be a bit shade. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Logan's been very mean this week. Um, I have a quick question for you, and that is that I'm curious as to how your various partners feel about the love you have for slasher movies. Over the years, we've heard many a mention of Wes, Stewart, and others, but I always got the impression that whilst they often joined in your watching of these movies, none of them were as obsessed as we know you all are. Since you obviously watch and have watched many a slasher movie, do you tend to do this on your own or with semi-reluctant partners? And what do they all think of your obsession with the genre, since it seems to play a large part in your lives, particularly that of Justin? Just curious, Simon, full stop, Logan. Well, my other half has no interest in slasher movies. Do you ever watch slasher movies with your other half? 
I, we, went see, we went to see My Bloody Valentine 3D together, and we went to see Friday the 13th Part 3 together in the cinema last year. And he, he, his reaction to Friday the 13th Part 3 was, well, that's 90 minutes of my life I'm never getting back. <gasps> and, uh, but he did kind of enjoy My Bloody Valentine 3D. Um, but I, I tend to watch all my slasher movies on my own. So, yeah, because his cup of tea is more, it's sort of the greatest showman and then Doris Day movies and, um, what's her face? The one you're obsessed with, Justin, Mommy Dearest. What's her name again? Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. Joan, yeah, he loves Joan Crawford movies and, uh, old, um, Miss Marple movies and stuff like that. So. You watch those with him? No. Okay. No. No. There we go. See, for me, um, Wes doesn't really like them. Like, um, if I try to show him any slashers, I tried to show him Hell Night, and he thought it was the most boring thing in the world. So I was like, well, you don't have the taste for it, obviously. <laughs> um, What's his movie of choice, then? What's he like? Wes is a sci-fi kind of guy. He loves, he loves like, you know, he likes Star Wars. Um, he, he also likes fantasy. Like, he likes Harry Potter a lot. Um, just that kind of stuff. But if I ever try to show him a slasher now, once in a blue moon, he will like one. He liked terror train and he liked house on sorority row, but those are probably the only two I could think of. Well, he loved all the three sleepaway camp movies that I've shown him. He liked all three of those, but other than that, he's just not a big fan of slashers. He doesn't really get it. And he always, you know, just says, well, if you want to watch one, then you can, I'll go in the bedroom and watch what I want to watch. So that's how it goes. Mm, yeah, same for me, probably. Hmm. Justin. Well, uh, Stuart, he's, he he feels like he saw them all the first time around when we watched them. He doesn't need to see them again, basically. But he does. He adores Sleepaway Camp for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, he doesn't. We tend tend to watch new ones with me. So like, if it was you know horror movies. He enjoys horror movies and we watch them. Uh, but he's he's not. You know, whenever I'm watching something, he, he usually in another room. He always goes, "My God, that sounded awful." <laughs> so so yeah. He don't ever say that when you're watching one of my picks, does he? Uh, no. What do you mean? Oh, I'm sorry if you meant like uh, the um, one of your films you made, like the Confederate no. Massacre. No, I meant I meant oh. like one of the movies that I choose for the podcast, like Crazy Fat Ethel. There's stuff. no way in hell I'd ever get get him to watch one of your movies. He just wouldn't do it. You know, he won't. Wes won't watch them with me either. I tried to get him to watch Crinoline Head, and um, after like the first ten minutes, he was done. And I'm like, well, fine. Oh, to watch quality cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was that. Gareth, what about you? Does your girlfriend enjoy watching slasher movies? <clears throat> no, she she doesn't like them at all. So I'm a, I'm a lone watcher. Um, I did make her watch Halloween. Um, the interesting thing about her is she um, she has a maths degree, so she likes everything to to be definitive and conclusive. She likes you know, what she classes proper endings. So Halloween, you know, it, you know, she was all right with it, watching it, okay, some guy walk around killing people. But then obviously the end, when Dr. Loomis looks over the balcony and sees that Michael Myers is gone, she just turned to me and just went, well, that was shit. She goes, what, what, so what does that mean? What does that mean? He's, he, what, so he's not, he, he, he just got shot six times and he's not dead? Oh, that was rubbish. So that was the, a, a great reaction. She just hated the fact that it now meant that he was like, you know, supernatural. You know, so uh, well, yeah, you she did, doesn't like 
you should show her part two because it continuation. And then with the big explosion at the end, she might kind of get that ending. Yeah, she might get closure. Yeah. yeah. But the, the thing is, though, she then the first thing she said to me was, she goes, and how many of these movies did they make? Like 12. <laughs> and I was like, well, they made, I said, they made a few more. She goes, so he's still out there then and he's not dead. She goes, well, how does he not die? It's so stupid. Just some guy walking around with a knife and he never dies. What's the point? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to explain it to somebody that doesn't get it. Yeah, like, she's did you say she had a? Uh, did you say she had a math degree? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I have a degree in math as well, but I I, I don't care if if everything is definitive or conclusive most yeah, of the she, time. No, she really struggles with it. She in, in just in, in films in general, not just horror, but we know that obviously horror sometimes like to be ambiguous and they love to leave the ending open for a sequel. She does not like that. She likes it to be a closed book. So any horror movie that we do happen to watch, if it does have a definitive ending and the good guys win or whatever, she's like, okay, fine, I'm, I can handle that. But anything that doesn't, that leaves it open or is a bit, you know, yeah, open to interpretation, she's like, nah, nah, not for Does me. she hate when the bad guys win? Um, I don't think she's that fussed either way, as long as, you know, if, if like the hero gets killed at the end and, and, you know, the bad guy walks off into the sunset or whatever, you know, that she would be okay with that. I just don't think she likes it when the audience are left to make their own minds up. Okay. What do you make of Scream 1981's ending then? <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah, that would, that would just, yeah, finish her off. Mm. Who were? Uh... <laughs> 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 um, Joseph, we haven't gone to you yet. Oh, well, uh, I'm currently partnerless at the moment. Yes. However, it's it's been my experience that um, any girlfriend I've ever had, had either tolerated tolerated them or they didn't like them at all. I've only had like I've only had like one girlfriend who's actually enjoyed them as much as I do and she was a little crazy, so take that from what you will. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do write in and let us know what your partner thinks of your viewing habits as well. And we'll read them out on the show. I do remember, um, just as an aside, getting Arrow's Blu-ray of Don't Torture a Duckling in the post. And my other half um, saw what I just received in the post and just thought it was the most obscene sounding film ever. <laughs> Which is, I suppose... But it, it does it, sound it, obscene, if, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. He's See, Wes saw that title, Don't Torture a Duckling, and he was like, what is – he's, he's like, what is that? That sounds stupid. Anytime I give him a, a Giallo title, he thinks it sounds dumb, but I'm like, no, you don't get it. Giallos have the best titles. <laughs> like that's what you're not understanding here. It is. Yes. So did, okay. uh, did Simon Logan go on to talk about how wonderful Susie is and how dreadful Toyer no, is? He said, he said he compared um, Susie to Axum. So. <laughs> yes, I don't believe that. No, that's it. Okay. Oh, Justin. Okay, well, thank you, Simon. And um, I, I have a relatively long one here. Um, <laughs> it says, Hello again, my dudes. dudes. Uh, you may remember me from a few months ago as the guy who recommended you do Bloodbeat, as well as profess my love for the all-time classic Bloodhook. So it's one of yours, Nathan, one of your friends. Um, well, last night I watched Blood Lake for the first time, and I've got to say it was hecking amazing. This is you, Nathan, isn't it? Let me check. Who it is me. It That's... must be me under a pseudonym. Or something. I'll tell you who it is in a minute when we get to the bottom. But um, uh, the music was outstanding. The kid was hilarious. And this will go down in history as one of the greatest openings to any movie ever. Are you all, 
spelt y apostrophe a double l so it is nathan looking forward to the new dvd in april that claims to have a new transfer so i'll take that across to nathan are you excited uh i'm very excited and and justin it's not you all it's y'all y'all sorry okay y'all y'all right um speaking of sov slashers when are you going to talk about the violent shit movies they are absolute classics i imagine that's in inverted <laughs> commas and i will say without a hint of irony that violent shit 2 is one of my all-time favorite movies i don't think i've ever seen any of the violent shit movies has anyone oh happened? the uh, the shit in the title is app those movies are fucking awful I mean, I've seen both Violent Feces movies, and I feel like um, <laughs> there's three of them actually. Well, I've only seen the first two, and I felt like when I watched them, they were terrible. But I was still trying to see the good in them. But it's been a long time, and I don't remember much about them um, except that I think I thought the second one was better than the first. I think I remember that. But otherwise, you know, I'm, I don't know. Like, I probably won't pick them just because the title's a little obscene. And I would rather pick, you know, stuff with, you know, I guess happier titles like Slumber Party Massacre. So, yeah, that's so happy. Mm-hmm. So we would, you would never cover a movie that had the brown word in the title? Well... I mean, I would, but I would probably just say violent S or something like that. I'm ne- Here's the thing. It's not like I never cuss. I do, but I don't know. I don't usually deliberately do it. If I cuss, it's like uh, it's more of a natural thing. And so I guess that's my thing. I don't know. I'm weird. What can I say? Okay. Have you, Gareth, have you seen any of the violent shit movies? I have not had the pleasure no no you and me alike so um okay well we'll we'll see who's written this in a minute so it's obviously we thought it was a nathan nondeplume but given talk of the violent shit it clearly isn't so goes on to say one more question for you what's your y'all's opinion on the term so bad it's good i've never really liked the phrase myself to me a movie is either good or bad it seems to be used by people who don't want to fully commit to liking something that might not have mass appeal like blood lake for example i like it therefore it's a good movie to me heck other people's opinions uh man people need to like what they like and not be ashamed of it and he says well that's enough questions and soapboxing for now talk to you all later and stay beautiful that's from alex borenstein so what? Hey, what, Alex. Mm, so yes, it's, uh, it's it's what is your take on the term? So bad, it's good. I would say um, let's not you know let's not call a spade a spade here. Bad is bad, and a lot of these movies are bad. And but I think that's why they're memorable because they they transcend just pure awfulness into something watchable. So I like that term actually. I kind of agree with Joseph. I think I like the term so bad it's good because if I'm looking at a movie like, you know, Don't Go in the Woods, I mean, I can look at it and say I love the film, but I love it because it's so bad. Like, that's my reason for loving it. Um, And, um, like, I don't think that, you know, obviously the script and all that is not the greatest, and I can see that, but that's just part of the charm. So I kind of like so bad it's good only because, um, to me, I can love bad movies. I just I have a love for them. I love my trash cinema. It is. It's it's a it's a useful tool for saying um you know describing films like um, Scream 1981 
um, which is almost so bad it's good, but not quite. But I mean, it's a phrase I use a lot, and I don't mean it to be demeaning as well, but it's sort of, you know, because there are two sort of types of movies I like, ones that are genuinely good, like um, Alien and Halloween and Exorcist and all that, and then there's ones that are so bad they're good, uh, I'm trying, like, something like Pieces, I suppose you could use that term for. It's a great movie, but it's so bad it's good. Well, thank you, Eric. What about you, Gareth? Are you you a fan of that term? Yeah, I've I've used it far too often to turn around now and say that it's it's not a good phrase. It's one of my go-to phrases. Exactly what Eric just said. I mean, something like pieces could never hold up, you know, when you compare it to something like Alien. But it's still great. I love it. So what am I saying? It's a good film. Well, no, you can kind of tell it's not a good film. Um, but yeah, it's so bad it's good. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of fair. I mean, also there's there's films that are good films. Um, I and I mentioned before the you know the the biggest crime a film can be is boring, isn't it? So you can get a good film that you can you know like a a, a classic movie or something like a, or a, a, a critical you know film that's a critical darling, um, which would be a good film. It may not be particularly interesting or, or fun, um, but then of course Fella you can get a movie. Sorry, Fella Day. <sighs> Oh, Eric. Oh, but no, God, that trash. Yeah. Holiday's a fantastic movie. But see, that is it divides is. opinion, but it's not so is bad. It's good. Yeah, I think it is opposite day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really so bad. It's good. Is 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 a kind of a, a kind of celebration of film that is bad, but you enjoy it, as Nathan said, because it is bad. Uh, you know, there are bad horror movies out there which aren't particularly entertaining. Um, you know, you could look at a lot of like nineties sort of, uh, you know, horror movies, a lot of them not particularly good. Uh, some of the kind of, they're sort of things like, do you, do you want to know a secret films like that? I remember being just so, you know, uh, kind of bland that they're, they're not so bad. They're good. They're just kind of boring. Yeah. I think another term, it's a pretty bland movie. Hmm. Yeah, I think another term that you could you, you could substitute for so bad it's good would be um it's a bad film but it's a good movie. Hmm. Yeah, I mean I I, I can see like the merit and you know in that too. Hey straps. <laughs> um but I just thought of a great top three. We should do like our top three like so bad it's good like horror movies in general. Okay. We can do that next because I, I still don't have a top three idea, actually. So, what'd you say, Eric? Have we not done something similar to that before? Have I, mean, we? I don't again. I don't know. It just sounds like something we we would have done. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. we've done the three so bad. It's, I know we've done like funny dialogue scenes and stuff. And if we have time when we do this, I think it would be kind of fun to do like just a little bit of dialogue from the movie, just why we think it's so bad. It's good. That might, might not be a bad idea. It might be a good idea. It's so bad. <laughs> so yeah. bad it's good uh, my idea is so bad it's actually kind of good <laughs> well that sounds that sounds good so look where you started alex anyway so um well thank you for everyone's written in uh this is how to get in contact with the show sorry that's uh argento no martina in the background jingling uh so this is how to get in contact with the show Thank you for listening to The Hysteria Continues. Be sure to search for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you enjoy our show, consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. That's patreon.com forward slash The Hysteria Continues. You can email us at thehysteriacontinues at gmail.com. That was the latest version, wasn't it, Joseph? 
I don't even know anymore. It works, so whatever. It works. Yeah. So if you can hear some rustling around, it's um, Martino's. He's got into a cupboard and he's trying to get hold of some biscuits. Uh, yeah, but so- our seven hours of editing will remove that. So <laughs> yes. yes, all the editing you do. Yeah. Oh my god! Hey, Justin, tell Martino that Strap says hello. So he's. Can you, oh, oh, hold on. So I've got he's 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 actually got up onto the biscuits. Hold on, talk amongst yourselves. No, oh, he's got to go wrestle the biscuits away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And all all this will stay in the podcast. Yeah, I like that this stuff remains in the show. I think it gives it a quirk. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's funny. <laughs> I think it shows we have a level of vulnerability. <laughs> We're like four lorry strodes. We are. We have a you know a tough exterior. Um, but we have an inner vulnerability of yeah. cats getting into biscuits. But indeed, <laughs> well, I just got back. He's um, he's kind of he's it was on the top shelf, this big uh, bag of biscuits. But he's hanging upside down like a fruit bat, and he had his teeth in them. So, oh. kind of, <laughs> so anyway, is he the cat that woke you up the other night, Justin? Uh, yes. Well, there's several of them. It's him and Catherine of Aragon. So the names you give your cats. Yeah. But she's Spanish queen. Anne Boleyn, Catherine of Aragon. But we do have, we got uh, Catherine of Aragon, uh, Bloody Mary. Um, and, uh, but she hadn't seen her for a little while. Lon Cheney Jr. But yeah, they're all, they're not, they're street cats, many of them. So they're not actually our cats. Justin. Yeah. Justin, I, I kind of get the impression that you're an animal lover. Yes. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we better wrap this up because we are well over two hours now. So, oh, yeah, um, and we still got to do another one. Yeah. Yes, I know, I know. But um, now, Gareth, uh, thank you ever so much for being on the show. Uh, was it everything you dreamed? <laughs> it was. I had a great time. Thank you for inviting me. No, we did. Well, hopefully you'll come back again uh, in the not-too-distant future because, uh, yeah, it's been great um, having you. And uh, thank you for running a fantastic Facebook group. Thank you that very Facebook much. Again, is slasher trash. Slasher trash. Yes. Yay. So, so, um, is there anything else you want to promote? Are you, uh, you've got any other plans? Anything up your sleeve? Um, I am going to start a YouTube channel, but it's become a bit of a running joke now because I mentioned it months ago, run into technical difficulties. Um, it will happen. It's just the whole thing about, do I have time to do this? But I will. I will do it. And it's just going to be like little reviews and stuff. Obviously with a humorous edge, hopefully. So cool. look forward to that coming coming soon, you know, 2022 maybe. <laughs> like, like my new book. Um so uh yeah well fantastic having you on the show gareth and uh yeah we'll um you know we'll keep an eye out for that so nathan what are we going to be treated to next time well next time we're going to go to the desert and engage in a blood frenzy oh yes so and we're hoping to have another very extra special guest uh ewan from arrow video is going to be with us uh to discuss blood frenzy so uh, as long as everything goes according to plan so looking forward to that and hopefully some rather exciting developments uh, or some um, interesting things around that film as well so uh what are we playing out with joseph uh, this is uh, Ghost Town by The Specials. Oh, perfect. tune. Perfect, perfect, excellent. So, um, well, uh, in time on a tradition, say goodbye to the good people. <gasps> goodbye. Uh, Bye. Bob, do you think we could record the Scream episode just a little bit? <laughs>
So I was listening to this song called Panic by the Smiths. Mm. It's on my iPhone. And I was wondering, I wonder how similar Birmingham, Alabama is to Birmingham, England. You sound, you sound a tad camp. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Not really. Only joking. No, we don't need to listen to Harold, you know, taking a number two. So how old were you when your cherry fell? <laughs> what? Oh my God, Nathan, get out of the house! <laughs> um, well, how? I can't do the podcast outside. Maybe it was the ghost captain. It could be yes. the ghost captain. Yes. It, they gave him nary another car. <laughs> <laughs>